Time once again for a practice watch-along on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Ryer, senior analyst for BOL, as the Alabama Crimson Tide prepares for a showdown against the Texas A&M Aggies Saturday at Kyle Field in College Station, 2.30 kickoff on CBS. And of course, the winner of this game going to be in the driver's seat where the SEC West is concerned. Still going to be a lot of football left to be played, though. I wouldn't count out LSU at this point. I wouldn't count out Ole Miss, certainly after its win over LSU last week. Still very much up for grabs where the SEC West race is concerned. Now, for Alabama, a couple of practices in the books. We're going to take a look at some footage from Monday and Tuesday workouts provided by the University of Alabama. And as we get the video going, we'll take a look at the Alabama tight ends. There's Miles Kitzelman getting things going for us here in the footage. Amari Nyblack, pretty impressive performance for the second-year tight end against Mississippi State last week. Had a couple of impressive grabs, including one that was for not there in the corner of the end zone. We saw a jet sweep involving Amari Nyblack. Even his mistake in the game where he was called for a false start probably worked out to Alabama's benefit on a third and short play that looked doomed to be stuffed. Uh, he followed that up with a catch on the very next play to convert a third and six. So Amari Nyblack hoping to be a big part of things on Saturday against a Texas A&M defense that really when you talk about being able to make some hay against the Aggies, it seems to be the back end is where you want to focus Speaking of Texans, there's one right there, Jalen Hale. We didn't hear as much about him or see as much from him in the win over Mississippi State. But, of course, a couple weeks ago, he came up very big in Alabama's win over Ole Miss. He'll be going back to his home state to take on the Aggie Saturday. And working through these wide receivers, another guy that we didn't see a lot of at State. There's Jermaine Burton. Jermaine had a nice game against AM and Tuscaloosa last season. He and Ja'Cory Brooks, who we'll see here in just a minute, speaking of wide receivers that could be positioned to make a move here, there is Malik Benson during Monday's practice. Malik, one of those three starters against Mississippi State. And of course, Ja'Cory Brooks, another one of those guys, along with Jermaine Burton a year ago, in the win over Texas A&M, Burton and Brooks combined for five catches for 92 yards and each had a touchdown grab. You know, lost in the three turnovers by Jalen Milrow was the fact that he did throw for three scores. He also rushed for 83 yards. And now we get into some defensive linemen. Freddie Roach instructing, a little hands-on there with Freddie and his defensive linemen when it comes to technique and I'd say Justin Aboigby in this clip probably carried it out the way Freddie wanted it done. Watch Justin here on the poor support staffer who is serving as the ball carrier. Whoops. Yep. There you go. That'll happen sometimes even in Shell's workouts. And now we get into some offensive line work from Monday's practice. There's Seth McLaughlin. Of course, the shotgun snaps continue to be too much a part of the storyline for him and this offensive line. And that's problematic, especially this weekend, because I think we all know with Walter Nolan, with Fidel Diggs, with McKinley Jackson, Shamar Turner, the guys that AM are going to put up there between the tackles, especially 
they can make your life difficult enough as it is. But if you're struggling with snaps and then you have to deal with those kind of studs after you snap the football, yeah, that is a big, big challenge. So certainly Seth McLaughlin trying to get those things cleaned up during the practice week. And again, I think a big part of this week, if Alabama's going to have some success running the football, and there we see more of the twos, Jaden Roberts, Olas Alinen prior to that. Those guys came in late against Mississippi State, did some nice things and some very limited snaps, had a nice run there with Justice Haynes in the game late. There's Elijah Pritchett, a guy that we continue to see rotate in with Caden Proctor at left tackle. Nick Saban was very complimentary of Caden Proctor coming off the game at Mississippi State. So we'll see if that rotation there at left tackle continues. One thing I'll say for Alabama at the tackle position this week, as talented and as disruptive as Texas A&M can be with those big guys like Jackson and like Nolan and like Diggs, who had a big game in Tuscaloosa last season, a couple of sacks, a couple of forced fumbles for Diggs, there's not as much of a true edge guy Now, Edron Cooper is a linebacker that you'll see come off the edge from time to time, and he's been very productive, especially the last couple weeks when it comes to tackles for loss and sacks. But I'm talking about there's not a Miles Garrett when you're thinking about a true defensive end, an edge troublemaker for this A&M defense. So just as far as dynamic speed off the edge, I wouldn't think that would be as much of a problem for Alabama. I think the bigger question is going to be, does Alabama have the horsepower at the guard positions? I don't think that's as much of a question for Tyler Booker. But when we look inside and we think about Darian Dahlcourt, yeah, I think Booker will be fine this week as he works against some counter moves from some scout team members. And there you see Seth McLaughlin doing the same. But McLaughlin and Dahlcourt, I think those are the two guys that you worry about the most with these kind of horses that Alabama is going to see on the interior this week. Again, more offensive line work from Monday's practice. There's a lean-in, as we saw against Mississippi State at that guard position. Rock Montgomery, still a guy I think when you talk about big picture future, may not be with the twos yet. And I think the same thing with Wilkin Formby. We didn't see him the other night with that second group. But I think both those guys, bright futures. Montgomery's a guy that can swing between guard and center, perhaps. And then Formby, whether you need him at left tackle, right tackle in the future, I think he'll be able to handle that for you. Now we get into Tuesday's full pad practice. And there's Sean Murphy, a guy we haven't talked about a lot, but... When you think about the situation involving Deontay Lawson right now and perhaps that extending into this week and this game, you know, Murphy could be right up that pecking order as far as the next off-the-ball option. If something were to happen to Jahad Campbell, then it could be that you go with Sean Murphy off the ball to pair with a Kendrick Blackshire or a Tresman Marshall. And there is Jahad Campbell right there coming off A very nice performance against Mississippi State. Look, these guys are going to be challenged. There's no Devon Achan, as he goes by these days. He was Devon Achan a year ago, but he was a very explosive player. Alabama did a nice job against the A&M run game in Tuscaloosa last season. 
But Levy and Moss and the rest of these backs, Moss is coming in on a heater. So I think he's the guy that's going to be front and center, probably more so than the other two backs for A&M. And as we know, you've got this union now, a Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino, and both those guys like to get the backs also involved in the passing game. And that means wheel routes, rails, those type of things to the backs coming out of the backfield. So going to have to be on point, whether it's Jihad Campbell, whether it's Tresman Marshall, whether it's Kendrick Blackshire in all likelihood. It's not just going to be a between-the-tackles bloodletting. Jimbo and Bobby will get those backs going in the passing game, and not just the backs, but they love to get these inside linebackers matched up on tight ends as well. And Donovan Green is out for A&M. He's been out since the preseason. But Jake Johnson, the younger brother of quarterback Max Johnson, He's a guy you have to be aware of as well. Here's Jeremiah Alexander in the video working at inside linebacker. We had first heard about this following the Mississippi State game. Nick was asked about it on Monday, and I wrote about it and what Saban said and what we think it means. This is a guy, when I think about outside linebackers that Alabama has had to this point in the season, I think of Jeremiah Alexander, and I think of Quay Roussal as potential candidates who could work inside. And look, we've seen it in the past. Alabama has cross-trained between inside and outside linebacker positions, body type, skill set. I think when you look at Jeremiah Alexander, kind of reminiscent of a guy like Ryan Anderson in the past, who I think you could have done that with as well. But if you're Alexander, the more you can do, the better. So even if it works out that he goes back to outside linebacker, versatility is king in today's game. Anything that can keep you on the field on essentially an every down basis is a good thing. And so the experience that Jeremiah Alexander is getting right now, whether he stays at inside linebacker, whether he kicks back out outside, whether he stays at inside linebacker and potentially down the road on passing downs, you kick him outside like you did with Dante Hightower and Rashawn Evans and guys like that. There's value in it both for Alexander and that unit and the defense as a whole. We moved the video here on Tuesday. There's Dallas Turner working against the sleds. Been a, I'd say not too busy couple weeks for that guy right there. Q Robinson, Alabama in a lot of nickel. Not so much at situational dime. Not just Q Robinson feeling the effects of that. Guys like Trey Amos at corner, who has come on as one of those five and six defensive backs in those sub packages, but really good depth. And these are the kind of guys with Keon Keeley there. And now you're going to see Yonze Pierre, another true freshman, and we'll see Quay Roussal in just a little bit. That helps make the move of Jeremiah Alexander to inside linebacker all that much more sensible. You still have some elite talent, some guys that, let's be honest here, we're seeing Chris Braswell in the video here. He has been outstanding of late as well. But there's a guy right there in Keanu Coot, who I feel like there's a lot of places around the SEC that Q Robinson and Keanu Coot would be on the field a lot. But with Alabama having Turner and Braswell and staying in that nickel package more the last couple weeks, snaps on defense are precious for those guys. More defensive line work from Tuesday's practice. And there you see Damon Payne, 
There you see Jamarian Latham coming off a nice performance against Mississippi State. He had that deflection of the Will Rogers pass that went into the arms of Chris Braswell, who returned the pick for a touchdown. You know, I would think in the building this week, there's probably some talk about there is so much noise about A&M's defensive line. This is going to be a, hey, what about us week for the Alabama defensive line. And it's going to be important because if Alabama up front, there you see James Smith, the true freshman working on Tuesday. If Alabama is able to take care of business on early downs against the run like it did a year ago and force A&M into throwing the football, which look, A&M's loaded at the wide receiver positions. Evan Stewart, Anaya Smith, Moose Muhammad, who was effective against Alabama in Tuscaloosa a year ago. But make no mistake about it, Jimbo and Bobby still want some semblance of balance. And after watching the Mississippi State tape, and probably even Ole Miss a little bit, I think the thing that'll be interesting for the Alabama defense is that even if Alabama has success on first down against the run, what is their approach on second and eight? And sometimes even third and six, third and 10. Because we saw Ole Miss, we saw even Texas in week two. And then certainly again last week, Mississippi State went against tendencies, ran the football on second and long, ran the football on third and long, and did so with a great deal of success. We've seen quarterback draws out of empty each of the last two weeks. I would say there's a great chance we will see a quarterback draw out of empty from Texas A&M this week with Max Johnson. Again, though, all the talk about the Texas A&M defensive line, and rightfully so, understandably so. But if you're Freddie Roach and you're that defensive staff for Alabama, I don't know if I would let that opportunity pass to tell my guys, look, nobody's talking about you guys. They think it's all about A&M's defensive line. I know Nick Saban kind of looks at those type of things as external factors, but when you're trying to motivate 18, 19, 20-year-old young people, it can come in handy. So as we move it into Tuesday's practice, and again, there we see Rob Gillespie with his running backs coaching them up in a pass protection individual drill. There's Justice Haynes. There is Jam Miller. It was pretty much a two-back show until late in the game against Mississippi State. Of course, Jam Miller was serving that half-game suspension for the targeting penalty that he incurred covering a kickoff against Ole Miss. So I'm sure that had something to do with it. But there's Roydell Williams as well. And, you know, another thing lost from last season's game against AM is the fact that Alabama rushed for nearly 300 yards. Now, That was with Jameer Gibbs absolutely slicing and dicing the Aggies. And he did a lot of it on more of an outside zone concept, something we haven't seen as much of from this Alabama offense. Alabama has been increasingly effective between the hashes, between the tackles in the last few weeks. But I wouldn't be surprised to see more outside zone this week, perhaps, for Alabama against this A&M defense. And Jalen Milrow ran the football effectively against the Aggies in his start last season. 83 rushing yards. He was over 100 before sacks were taken into account. Biggest issue was ball security. And he wasn't the only one. And I don't want to jinx these running backs, okay? 
I don't want to jinx Jam Miller here or Roydell or any of these backs. But one thing we also know about these Alabama running backs this season is that they have taken care of the football. I know, right? I just jinxed it. So if there's a fumble by an Alabama running back on Saturday afternoon, you can all come back to me. But Jace McClellan did lose a fumble against AM in the game a year ago. We'll see if Alabama's backs can continue that streak of dependability where hanging on to the football is concerned. Speaking of last year's matchup, there's a guy in Tuesday's practice who was heavily targeted, and you get it because Kool-Aid McKinstry's on the other side. And I'll give Terry and Arnold a lot of credit for that performance against AM last year because it wasn't always pretty for him. In fact, there was a play there in the fourth quarter. It looked like it was going to be of the game-ending variety, but Evan Stewart went up and pretty much big-boyed Terry and Arnold on a 50-50 opportunity. Arnold, again, he answered the bell at the very last moment. I'm not so much sure that Alabama stopped AM in that 24 to 20 win as it did survived AM. You had a flag there late that took away a Jordan Battle interception in the end zone that could have ended the game as well. Alabama, bottom line, had multiple opportunities to end that game without surviving a last second pass attempt towards the pylon there in the end zone. But as a part of the discovery process with number three here, I did learn that this guy is wired in a way that gives him a chance to be very successful. And that's beyond the physical attributes that he has continued to enhance during his time at Alabama. So the matchups on the back end are going to be stellar because on the outside with Stewart, and Muhammad, who, by the way, hasn't been very productive so far this season. But then you look inside, and a guy that Alabama missed in last year's matchup, Anaya Smith, who I'm sure you've undoubtedly heard made some very interesting comments in relation to this game on Saturday and his expectation where the outcome is concerned. The guy can talk because against Alabama at this point, in the two games he has appeared in the series, he has walked it as a receiver. He has been very effective against Alabama. He was in games in 2020 and 2021, including that catch uh, on the slot fade he had against Brian Branch uh, late in the Aggies' 41-38 to win the last time Alabama visited College Station. And you got to account for that dude in the punt return game, too. He absolutely torched. Arkansas a week ago. So while you like what you're getting from James Burnup in terms of average to this point, Arkansas's punter a couple of times last week actually outpunted his coverage. That can be a negative at times. Now, if you can hang it up there for five second plus and sort of direct it towards one sideline or the other, okay. But it needs to probably be both of those aspects involved to have some success against Anaya Smith this week when covering punts. And oh, by the way, Malachi Moore is playing at a very high level at the star position. Anaya Smith against Malachi Moore, not going to be as easy as last week. You had Tulu Griffin coming in for Mississippi State after that 256-yard performance at South Carolina. State didn't have the weaponry on the outside. 
that concerned you as much. So you could take Terry and Arnold or you could take Kool-Aid McKinstry and say, look, we can man these guys up. We can play more zone. We just need to account for Tulu Griffin and really try to limit him both on vertical routes and in the quick game and his ability to make things happen after the catch. With Anaya Smith, you're not probably going to be able to do that as much because you're going to have to concern yourself with some guys, some legit guys on the outside. So as we wrap it up from the practice footage, there is Terry and Arnold again working during Tuesday's practice and there's J.C. Latham. He's going to have some matchups to watch on Saturday. Again, though, as we talked about earlier, I'm more concerned about what might happen inside. I think Latham and Proctor and or Pritchett can hold up for the most part on the edge. Now, DJ Durkin, the A&M defensive coordinator, you know is going to throw some exotic looks at this Alabama offensive line. So if I have a concern more so at the left tackle position, it's going to be in that regard as far as knowing who to block, knowing who to pass off. If I got a guy in my gap, but I got an edge guy coming late, I got to make sure I get the guy I'm supposed to get to protect my quarterback. And Jalen's part of this too. And the ball's got to come out when he has protection. That being said, a sack is better than a turnover, as we talked about before. If it comes down to it, I think you'd rather see Milro eat it. And if it's a third down, put Burnup out there and let him flip the field for you. They enforce something into coverage and commit the type of turnovers that he did in the game a year ago. And if you're going to take a sack, protect the football to the ground. That's going to do it for the latest practice watch along here on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier thanking you for joining us once again. If you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, we certainly hope you'll do that right now. Same for the Bama Online podcast as well. Anywhere you consume podcasts, you're going to find the Bama Online podcast. Subscribe, leave us a rating. We would greatly appreciate that. And of course, you're going to want to hang out with us right there at BamaOnline.com. The roundtable, our premium message board there at BamaOnline.com. That's where you're going to get all the breaking news first, right there at the roundtable at BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier thanking you once again. Until next time, so long, everybody.